It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Reed Wilkins Wilkins on on Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. And their leading score with the Sedins having retired after 18 mostly brilliant seasons. Here's a steal by Ratty. Tucks it five hole. A giveaway by Hutton and Ratty makes him pay with a second of the night. And it's 4-2 Edmonton. Lightning strikes. Ty Ratty with the lightning on that play and the Oilers win for the second night in a row. 2-0 in the preseason, 4-2 the final decision tonight in Vancouver. Those two for Ratty, Jesse Pugliarvi also scored. Defenseman Caleb Jones had the other one, Berchi and Goldobin with the replies for the Canucks. Hey, thanks for staying up tonight. It's 11:21. along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Rob, will start with Ty Ratty. I was a little surprised when I saw him in the lineup tonight because I kind of had an indication McDavid wasn't going to play until Thursday, which means Nugent Hopkins and Ratty, I thought maybe wouldn't play until Thursday, but they slide him in there tonight with a couple of uh, you know inexperienced line mates, Marodi and Safin, but Ratty finds a way to stand out anyway. Well, he, he, the coaching staff sending a message saying, you know what, uh, Ratty, we, we're going to give you an opportunity to play with Connor McDavid, but don't uh, that's not get too overconfident on where you stand with this team. I mean, those guys are going to sit out tonight. These are they are, are stars in the league, and you're still trying to find your way. We want to see what you can do without Connor as your sentiment. And tonight he went out and played very, very well. You know, he scored the two goals. He was physical when he had a chance to, to throw his body around. Uh, he needed to have a good game. It's a good confidence builder. And I, I think that the coaching staff is going to be very happy with the effort that he put forward. And he's going to feel a little more confident going into the next game when he gets to play with the best player in the world. When we go into these preseason games, we often talk about individual performances and storylines, and, and the stakes are not the same for every player. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you were you were there yourself, so you, so you know what that is like. Strom, Kara, and Puliyarvi, that's expected to be the Oilers' third line. They were the Oilers' number one line tonight in terms of the, the roster that was dressed. And I thought they were very good, and and I thought that was probably I used the term to you during the third period. I don't know if I've ever used it to describe a hockey player tomorrow, but I'll th- before, but I'll throw it out there again. I thought it was a very organized game by Jesse Puliyarvi. Yeah, and that is something that I think he lacked a lot of times last year. He he looked lost at times. Uh, he looked like he was trying to do too much, forcing things, getting confused in in assignments. Uh, and he put himself in positions last year where he was going to have a hard time finding success because the players that he was playing with didn't know where he was going to be on the ice. He seemed much more in control tonight, much more 
confident. Uh, I, I think the fact that he got to play a little bit with Strom at the end of last year, he feels confident playing with him. I thought Strom was very good tonight. Uh, he played to his strengths, as did Jujar. I thought Jujar had an excellent game. Uh, and, and then I looked on the, the page, he was 6-1 and one in face-offs too. So that, that's a, a bonus when you have Jujar out there, if Strom struggling between, uh, or at the dot. So, no, I, I, Puliarvi is a guy that he wants to gain confidence. He wants to feel good about himself. And a lot of young players that are offensive, they, they rate their games on the stat sheets. And when you can look at your your stat sheet afterwards and see that you put a put you know a point or two up, it it, it gives you confidence going forward. So uh, it was a nothing game in the standings. No one's really going to care in December what the others did in Game Two of the exhibition season. But it will mean a lot to a player like Pugliarvi that he, he was able to score a goal early in his his first game as uh, for the Oilers this year. That'll carry over through the rest of the preseason. He had the opener tonight, 9-10 into the game. Kind of a weak one on Anders Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Put one through the five-hole. Pugliarvi involved in what turned out to be the winner from Caleb Jones, 343 into the third. Strom with the only assist. We thought either Pugliarvi, who went in there and, and delivered a body check to free the puck, or or Kara tapped it free to Strom, whatever. I don't think they'll worry too much about that one, but good forecheck and a good finish there by Caleb Jones, who scored. Goaltending, a huge story last night. Uh, different guys in there. I mean, last night we saw Koskinen play and uh, didn't look great. Allowed three goals on 19 shots. The young goalie Shane Starrett took over in the third period, uh, stopped five of six. Uh, he'll he'll be in the minors this year. Talbot starts tonight. Uh, made. <laughs> So I don't know if they count saves of the years for these. It'll probably be the save of the preseason so with six minutes left in the first period. Robin Goldobin diving across to snatch the puck out of midair right on the goal line. Talbot uh, was solid, stopping. Uh, what did he wind up with? Uh, I got to read my scribbles. Twenty-two out of twenty-three, and then uh, Montoya was pretty busy. Mm-hmm. In the in the third period, Oilers uh, took some penalties that probably the coaching staff won't like, and Montoya stops 13 of 14. Well, the difference in the game it was goaltending. The Oilers got it; the Canucks didn't. Uh, Nielsen, I, I think it was three shots went through his five hole. If you're playing against a big goaltender, that's a big. He's got a big five hole. I mean, it's it's hard for him to keep his legs closed. The Oilers took advantage of it tonight. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks probably had more grade-A scoring chances than, I, than the Oilers did in the game, but the Oilers got the big saves when they needed it. And uh, Cam Talbot, if he plays what he's, as he's capable of playing, is what we saw two years ago, the Oilers have a, a chance to win every hockey game. He's that good when he's on. And tonight we saw the, the comfortable, calm, totally in control Cam Talbot, what we saw two years ago. Hopefully this is a sign of where his season's going to go. Oilers win at 4-2 tonight. I thought we saw Rob at various points throughout the game. And, you know, last night's roster was, uh, you know, obviously for both teams, non-NHL rosters, more of a mix tonight. I thought we saw several moments today or sometimes in long stretches. You saw the separation between the the NHL guys, mm-hmm. the experienced guys, 
uh, or the guys trying to make the cut or who are pretty much definitely bound for the AHL. You did. I mean, the Oilers' best line should be the Strom line because of who they've got on it, and they were. Uh, you saw an experienced line with uh, Brodziak, Cassian, and Kajula, and, and they did their job, and they did it effectively, and then there was a, a drop-off. Uh, I thought the kids were good tonight. They weren't as good as last night, but they're playing tougher competition. And then there was a couple players that were struggling on the back end. You know, Garrison's on a PTO. He's here as an insurance policy in case, you know, some of the other signings don't turn out as well. And he's slow afoot. This is the game has changed. It's evolved so quickly in the last couple of years. You need to have speed. Uh, on the back end, you've got to be able to have good lateral movement. But got to be able to turn quickly. And there's a couple times tonight he was caught. So uh, there is going to be as we keep going forward in preseason, you're going to see even more separation because other teams are not. They're not just going to have you know six forwards and three defensemen dressed. They're going to have ten and five of NHL caliber players. So uh, I, I thought that the players that were supposed to be good tonight for the others were and the players that you think will be either released or playing in the minors look more like guys that are a step or two away from being in the NHL. Tyler Benson, uh, quieter game for him in terms of minutes. He did get an assist. He only played ten and a half minutes. No, he was not used to kill penalties. Yeah, and that was huge tonight. The Canucks had a number of power plays. I think seven or eight power plays. Yamamoto played fourteen and a half, almost four minutes on the penalty kill, and uh, McLeod played just over eleven minutes, just a minute short-headed. So I think. Probably McClellan was not going to overuse them given the lineup mm-hmm. they had. And, and then the penalties cut into that ice time as well. And uh, I mean, I'm going to quibble a little bit, but, you know, let's talk about the game. Uh, I mean, the, the Oilers take a 3-1 lead early in the uh, the third period. Mm-hmm. They kind of weathered a storm and got out of the second period with a lead. Uh, I mean, I, I just think Cassian, I don't care if it's preseason or not, Cassian can't take that. Penalty. No, it's dumb. It was a dumb penalty, and it's, it's dumb penalties in the preseason aren't as important. But it's it's something that the coaching staff will put in the back of their heads. They'll they'll write that down. Okay, took a silly penalty at an inopportune time. Now let's hope that this was a one-off and you, you make the mistake in preseason. But all of a sudden, game two of the regular season, if that happens again, well now you're going to put a bigger check mark. Hey, you know what? Is this going to become a pattern? Is this going to become a a bad habit? And that they will remember it, but uh, and at that point, I mean, they, that's when Vancouver got their goal. They pulled within one because of the the silly penalty by Cassian, and then Raddy again, a learning experience for him. You don't take a hooking penalty with a one goal lead in the third period in the opposition's end. You just can't get your stick up on that player because it's a risk reward. Uh, you're risking taking a penalty for what you. you get the puck, it's against the board, you're by yourself in the offensive end, you're not getting getting anything out of it, so uh, Cassian, he should know better Raddy is going to learn from it and uh, Yerbeck took a penalty late in the game uh, as well. Kind of a nondescript game by him, I thought. And I mean, he's uh, he's in the top six right now. The way it shakes down, he has supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to be. Uh, and again, I mean, I I really knew nothing about this player. I know that he played in the National Hockey. What? How many games he played he last? Played year? Played like twenty six last year. So, and he was signed. He's got the contract, so he would say he would have one step ahead uh, of the other guys that are trying for that number six spot. But really not noticeable tonight in any positive way. And then uh, the the penalty he took was because he put an ill-advised puck on net with a guy standing right in front of him. And when you are a 
you know, a safety valve or a defensive type defenseman, you can't make those plays. You, you make the easy play, you dump it in the corner, and let's work it down low. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of players that came in here that were in the last two games that have supposedly have spots on the team last night. Goaltending, not a good start. Today, Yerbeck, how do you say Yerbeck? Yerbeck? Yerbeck. Yerbeck. That's what I'm going with. All right, then I'm going to stick with it too. <laughs> and again, so he's a guy that's supposed to have a spot and not great. What it does do, other players see that Montoya tonight goes, you know what? I'm not really completely out of this yet. I'm going to go and have a good game. And other defensemen are going to say, you know what? There's an opportunity. Like a, like a Bouchard is going to say, hey, you know what? There is a spot here for me if I continue to play well. Oilers win 4-2 in Vancouver. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. Three stars in order. Raddy, Pedersen, and Puglia Yarvi. Pedersen dynamic for the Canucks tonight. We're going to give Cam Talbot the fourth star tonight just on the virtue of that unreal save he made in the first period. We'll get to your phone calls and post. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Game reaction, McClellan and Talbot are standing by all ahead. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Left corner. You've got Biega turning and shooting. I'm still deflected. Backdoor feed. Did Talbot get that? He did. An unbelievable glove save. On goal, Dobin. Unbelievable. Just larceny by Talbot tonight. That was with the Oilers up 1-0 in the first period. Canucks players were raising their arms in celebration. They put them down and shook their heads in disbelief. Talbot. Good through two periods tonight, 22 saves. Montoya also good in the third, 13 saves. Oilers beat the Canucks 4-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. 780-496-0063. We'll go to Robert online. Hello, Robert. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Good, 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 good. Uh, I'll talk about, first I want to talk about Talbot. I thought I thought Talbot was uh, back to his uh, his uh, usual self from two years ago. It's like the... The, uh, the pucks were hitting him, the pucks were sticking to him, his rebound control was good and secondly I want to talk about Raddy, I thought I thought, I thought thought Raddy really stood out playing on another line besides Connor McDavid's. Yeah, I think, I think you're right in both uh, I think that Cam Talbot, that's when he's when he looks calm out there, when he looks in control, when he's not a lot of movement, he's just always in the right angles and everything just seems to suck into him. I know that uh, during the broadcast tonight, the Canuck commentators talking about one great opportunity that Canucks had that Talbot came flying out and took everything away and then just sucked the puck right into him. So Talbot, when he's on, it gives the Oilers a chance to win every single night. And tonight, he was the difference in the hockey game. The Canucks first stretch were outplaying the Oilers. Talbot stood tall. And then the the other end, Nielsen lets in a couple weak ones. As for Raddy, I, I think it's important for Raddy to have strong efforts when he's not saddled up beside Connor McDavid. It's confidence boost. And tonight, Raddy was the best forward for the Edmonton Oilers. And that's good because he was on a line with two guys that were really unnoticeable 
and Roddy still was able to, to put together a pretty strong effort. Yeah, he got put out there with a couple of young guys. I mean, Ostap, Safin, he's he's a guy for the future. He only played 8.58 tonight. Cooper Marodi, the other player, played 12 and a half minutes. He had a couple of okay moments. Mm-hmm. I think he can get around the puck, but he'll have a lot to learn. And for Roddy, too, and, th- and thanks for the call, Robert. Good points. For, for Roddy, too, you know, and this is the age-old thing, he, he, when he was in junior and even in Bakersfield, you know, he's going to get chances or even be on the score sheet pretty much every game. I mean, yes. He's on those high-scoring Portland teams. Travis Green was his coach, now the Canucks coach. In, in the NHL, can you have an impact when you don't score? And, and, you know, I thought he was checking well tonight, jumped out there late in the game, was freezing the puck along mm-hmm. the wall, recognized, uh, forget the hat trick, I'm just going to kill the clock. So little things like that, that's, I think as much as anything, the key to him sticking around. Yeah, and the little... Like, long-term. He'll be yeah. at the start of the year. Yeah, but you know, also look at the goals he scored. The one was a, a mad scramble in front of the net. He's hanging around in front of the blue paint. The other goal was a four-check. You know, a lot of guys will try and guess which way the defenseman's going to move the puck and try and uh, knock it out of the air. He just went right at the defenseman Hutton and stripped him. And then, not a lot of room. He goes in on a breakaway. He doesn't have a whole lot of room to make a move. Yet he has deft little touch with his hands and gets Nielsen just open enough to put the puck in. We saw Yamamoto score a wonderful goal last night, five-hole with great hands. And tonight, Raddy, who has good hands and just hasn't had the opportunity to show it at the National League level a lot, well, tonight we saw it a couple times. So good on Raddy. It was a good start to the preseason for him. 4-2 Oilers win it. We have Jamie at 780-496-0063. Hey, Jamie. Hey, guys. Getting pumped up for the season here. It's going to be a good one. Um, just a few questions. I'm just like, I'm a little worried about the schedule off the gate here and all the travel time. And I just, uh, I really worry about, you know, fatigue and just starting off bad with this, with the teams we're playing on the road. But, and another concern is just, uh, I just worry about that we're just going to have the same thing as last year as far as just a lack of production from the defense, like getting involved, getting points. And I think, you know, in the, in two years ago when we did make it to the playoffs, we did have some guys were really chipping in from the back end, and it was like a group effort to get points. And I just, I don't know, I don't see the production from the back end, but. Yeah, that's a fair question for sure, Jamie. Thanks. Yeah, uh, first, uh, the schedule, the Oilers do have a tough schedule. Yep. They they played very, very good teams to start the season, and they're playing on yeah, the road. Travel and everything. Yeah, yep. so it's going to be tough. They get through that unscathed. Well, then the Oilers are off to a good start. So, yeah, that is a, a worry, and I'm sure the Oilers brass is going to do everything they can to make the travel schedule as easy as possible. As far as, the, as for the back end, they need Clefbaum to be better. Yeah. They they need offense at a cleft bomb. They need Darnell Nurse to continue a progression offensively. I don't think, and, and Reed's talked about it a lot, I don't think he's a 45-point type defenseman, but he's got to be able to finish plays. When he jumps up, because he leads a lot of rushes, yep. so when he, he's got to be able to become a playmaker when he gets across the offensive zone. And then everything else is by committee. I mean, Benning's got to chip in. Uh, Larson's got to be a little bit more or give a little bit more. And one of the ways you do that is just jump up in the play. The others have got offensive forwards. Get them the puck when they need the puck and then jump up into the play. But, yes, the Oilers, if you want to be a, a, a strong team, you've got to be able to have a fourth and fifth guy jump into the play to create offense. And the Oilers have shown that they've got guys that are capable, but they've got to do it with consistency, and they haven't shown that in the last, well, especially last year. 
4-2, the Oilers win it tonight in Vancouver. Let's go back to Rogers Arena. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Think from game one? Uh, no. Uh, we're much too early into the season here, so we obviously are giving a number of players their first opportunity to play a game, and we kept everything the same. Um, it's always nice to win. Uh, we realize it's the exhibition season, but we're trying to, to create some confidence in the group and uh, find ways to win games, and uh, this group did a pretty good job tonight. A um, bit of concern in the, the number of penalties we took. I thought we overtaxed our team uh, far too many times, and it wasn't necessarily the penalties. Often the play leading to the penalty that caused it and um, we'll have to clean some of that stuff up. Good night from both our goaltenders. I thought uh, Telbs was outstanding and uh, Monty going in, uh, especially in the penalty kill situations, they moved the puck around pretty good and I uh, was happy for both of those guys. Uh, what can you say about Ty Ratty's play tonight? Chipped in with two goals and did a couple things away from the puck as well. Uh, and uh, I thought he had a, a tremendous night <laughs> along the boards. Uh, which is good to see somewhere where he's going to have to play hard, and he did that. Uh, quite a responsible night on his behalf. Uh, you know, probably the only negative was the hooking penalty, but uh, that can happen. Um, so we're we're happy for him. Uh, a number of our right wingers were challenged um, earlier in camp, and uh, almost all of them have responded. Talk about that uh, that first save the Talbot made there, though, when we just yeah. snatched that puck right out of the other. He uh, he's a very quick goaltender. He never quits on anything, and um, and that's evidence of that. Um, you know, to reach back and and at least give it a go, uh, ended up being a good thing for us. Uh, that gave us a little bit of life, uh, a little momentum in that that part of the game. And um, he can do that. He's a tremendous goaltender. Uh, when when a guy like Talbot's dialed in like that, does that elevate the play of other guys on the bench as well? It should. Um, you know, I consider him one of the leaders. Um, we're not going to put a C or an A on a, on a goaltender, but uh, in my mind, he wears one, and uh, he's a big, big part of the team. So if he's doing the things that he uh, that he did tonight in the pipes, uh, the rest of the team has to react appropriately, and, um, you know, he can drive the, the momentum or the pace or the spirit of our team sometimes with those types of saves. Cody Arby had a, a lot of spark to him. You see a guy who just seems like he's in a happy place right now. Well, another right winger that... Um, you know, I've, I've said this uh, to our group of media in Edmonton a, a few times. I brought four or five of them in and mentioned to them uh, that there's not spots for all of them. And they have to play. They have to they compete. They can't wait. And uh, I think all of them have gone out and done a good job. Jesse had a real good game tonight. Not The goal aside, uh, he used his teammates well, created opportunities for other players, uh, used his big body to protect pucks. Um, you know, he looked confident. He looked like he was uh, enjoying the game, and that's important. The strategy of sort of pulling the reins on him a little bit, playing him further down the lineup. Um... Not pulling the reins, uh, not playing him further down the lineup, playing with, with somebody that he and uh, his sentiment have become comfortable with. And, um, you know, that's important. Uh, Stromer enjoys playing with him. Uh, yes, he feels good about uh, playing with, uh, with Stromer. And uh, you throw JJ on that line, there's a couple big bodies on the wing. I, I thought they had a real good night. And um, it's not a uh, demotion by any means for Jesse. He's in a comfortable spot. Um, He's enjoying playing the game, and, and we're happy with him there. Dating back to the rookie camp, uh, Ty Benz has been able to chip in offensively every game. What can you say about 49 tonight? 
Well, those kids played well again. The, the circumstances they've had, and it was a bit of a test for them to uh, to play in Calgary last night. We had some playing issues and didn't get back until real, real late. Uh, and then come here and play a, a, even a, a better team. Uh, with all due respect to Calgary, they had a much more veteran-type team in their lineup. And uh, they passed the test again. So, uh, you know, not uh, to diminish what Tyler Benson did, but the three of them all played well. You're still in the middle of an evaluation process here. Do you have a sense yet of how many players you want to bring to Germany? Well, we'll bring our, our full roster. We'll bring 23 there, and I think we we get the opportunity to uh, to bring a spare goaltender along uh, in case something ever went wrong. But uh, we'll take 23, and, and that's what we'll work towards as uh, next week approaches. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. His team victorious tonight, 4-2 in Vancouver. Two goals for Ty Ratty, Caleb Jones, and Yessi Puglia-Yarvi also scored. Cam Tal- This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. That was very good. You'll hear from him when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. All right, it's 1148 the Oilers have beaten the Vancouver Canucks 4-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in. Once again, we have every Oilers game all season long on 630 Chet. Advantage trailer rentals out of town scoreboard looks like this. Coyotes beat the Kings 4-2, and the Coyotes beat the Kings 4-3. Split squad. No, it was a good night for the Coyotes. Sharks over the Ducks 4-1. Sabres over the Penguins 3-2. Blue Jackets over Chicago, 4-1. Flyers, 5. Islanders, 1. Bruins, 5. Capitals, 2. Hurricanes beat the Lightning, 4-1. Toronto over Ottawa, 4-1. Stars beat the Blues, 5-3. Golden Knights over the Avalanche, 5-1. Hartford, 6. Quebec, 3. <laughs> Just want to see if anyone's been paying attention Actually, to the preseason I started this, I'm like, and then I'm trying to see the screen. I can't see it for here. I'm like, really? Hartford played tonight, too? Well, I just was wondering if anybody's really that enthralled by the preseason scores. So. Uh, I do I do check the box scores to see which players are scoring. I saw Vegas oh, yeah. Pacioretty I mean, scored in his, in his debut with Vegas. Let me put it this Vegas way. There's probably, fewer, there's probably less gambling on the preseason games. Well, less guy. Well, yeah. I do think you can do it on DraftKings. Well, it'd be tough to win. I, I mean, see, have no idea. I don't know the lineup until like, right before the game where the goalie you're picking to win might only play 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, by the way, would Montoya get the win tonight? Uh, what was the score going on? Yeah, sure he would because it was 2-1. He was Montoya was in net for the game winner. Okay, yeah, he by wins. Jones, they didn't even put it on the sheet though. But well, they didn't put the stars <laughs> on the sheet either. Statisticians yeah. are just like it's exhibition eh, season. They don't care. Uh, our our audience is in midseason form though. Here's a text from uh, Nick who says, uh, "Do you consider the Strom Karapulayarvi trio to be one that can stay together and be successful as a third line for the season, or do you see a guy like Puliyarvi moving up into the top six? Oh, good question. Um, Pugliarvi moving up will be dependent on how Raddy does on the first line, how Reader does on the second line. I don't think anything is set in stone. I think what Todd McClellan has, he has three pairings 
that he'd like to keep together. I don't. I think he likes Puliyarvi, and we just heard him talk about it. I think he likes him with Strom. Uh, I think that uh, right now, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, your first and second line centermen, see the ice as good as anyone in the league, mm-hmm. and probably better than almost anyone in the league. I don't know if, if Yessi is at that level yet to be able to read plays the way they do it. Uh, when you play with Connor McDavid, for example, you don't have to think of what's going to happen now. You got to think what's going to happen five seconds, ten seconds ahead. Right. Because Connor McDavid, he's he's thinking of plays that he's going to make, and I'm not sure Yessi's there yet. I think they'd love Yessi to be a third line winger here, and if they could add offense from that third line, just think how much more successful this team's going to be. Connor McDavid's going to get they're going to get points every night. Leon Dreisel has shown he's a point-to-player type of game. Now you throw in some offense on your third line, and to have offense on your third line, you need a goal scorer, and that's what they're hoping Pugliarvi is going to be. Oilers win at 4-2 tonight. Pugliarvi had one of the goals. Cam Talbot looked very good. Here he is. I felt pretty good. thought I controlled, uh, controlled the game when I got a chance. Made it... Uh, I uh, got out there, tried to help with the demon a lot. Um, they made some good calls, and the communication was good, so it's a lot of a lot of positivity heading into the first preseason game. I know there's an influx of youth, uh, different guys out there. Is it a little bit uh, of an adjustment playing with new guys in front of you? Uh, there's always a bit of an adjustment, but I think that, you know, the first four or five days of camp, everyone's kind of got on the same page here, and you see there's still some, uh, there's some chemistry building already, and, you know, I thought that we played a pretty solid game against uh, what was mostly an NHL lineup on the other side. Gotta ask you about the save. Uh, just break it down for us. What were you thinking? <laughs> Desperation. Reach my glove out and and just you know take away something. And uh, you know you don't want to use those up in preseason, but uh, at the same time uh, you know it's a good confidence building moving forward. So um, you know it's a it's a big save in the first period there and um, kind of settled myself down from there. So it was nice. All right, yeah, Talbot, an incredible save. Uh, you'll see that on all the highlight reels overnight and in the morning if you haven't seen it already. already. It's uh, certainly on the NHL and Oilers' Twitter account, so you can look at it there. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. And a text here, uh, what position on the blue line is up for grabs? This texter says he has Clefbaum with Larson, Nurse with Benning, Russell with question mark as the pairings. Only one of Bear or Bouchard are over in Europe to start the year, right? Okay, well, I mean, Yerbeck's going to be around. He, he, uh, I mean, not a spectacular game tonight, but I think think he'll be around. He's got the contract. Um, I think, and Bouchard, I think, is... is I know he's younger than Bear, but I think he's he's just flat out... Better. Better than Bear. Oh, much better. Much better. And so he might get the nine-game audition. He, he might, and, and he's got... Yeah, well, I mean, Bear's got the offensive upside, too. I, I Bear's going to be in the minors, in my mind. That's where he's going to be. Bouchard may go over to Europe and probably will go over and to Europe. And they could take AD. Yep. And probably will. I, I don't know. I mean, there's question marks. I mean, there's some players that we've seen in the first uh, two games have played themselves off of the radar. We saw last night, I thought Aberg has played himself off of the, the radar. Uh, I thought tonight Garrison uh, has fallen a little bit behind yeah, other players. Tough. He's in tough with his PTO. Um, and Gravel's in the mix to be a six, seven, eight deep. Well, and and we've seen both of them play now. Gravel's been was the better of the two between him and Garrison. So, uh, I I don't th- I think right now the question mark is probably the right um, person slotted in as the number six defenseman because I'm not sure the the Oilers know who exactly who's going to be in the roster. I know who's going to be on the 
team, Yerbeck yeah. will. But will he be? Yeah. Does does it, he play the first day, first game of the season? And no. we got to see Bouchard against real competition, better competition, yeah. and why not find that out? Yeah. And uh, and then Gravel too. I mean, obviously we told the story last last night about. Uh, I mean, he played last year, but I, I still think he was feeling the effects of a, a summer battling Crohn's disease, so he's feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. So and then if you have eight D, so that would put that would put Yamamoto in the minors mm-hmm. and Aberg in the minors or or, uh, or I, whatever. I, I, and I, I, Upshaw I, slash Kajula as your thirteenth forward right now. If assuming Upshaw gets through his P- PTO. Yeah, you're right. And that's with a Chaseon not even being in the mix. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it will be interesting. And there are a few more games for these guys to prove they can or they cannot play. So it, it's tough. But, yeah, I, I think question mark is probably the strongest. Uh, that, that is. I, what, I would say to that texture, it wouldn't... I mean, again, we're speculating, but 8-D eight, eight, eight to Europe is totally within the realm of possibility. 13 forwards, 8-D, and then they're allowed to take three goals. Yeah, and having a Yamamoto start the season in the minors instead of over in Europe, it's not going to hurt him, it's not going to hurt the team, especially because they're only playing one game over in Europe, one, one league one game. One regular season, yeah. yeah. So you can, Yamamoto can go up and down as much as you want. So Yamamoto, I believe, is going to start the season in the minors. All right. Oilers win it tonight, 4-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Uh, more on the Oilers and, of course, the Eskimos, who are back to work getting ready for Saturday's game in Ottawa. Next, Oilers broadcast Thursday night, home to Winnipeg, 5.30 face-off show. Game will start at 7. Big thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Big thanks to you for tuning in tonight. Always a pleasure to speak with you. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Sleep well. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.